Ladies and gentlemen, the beat goes on. KHJ Los Angeles. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to episode four of What the Film. And tonight, Ishan, this is something you have been waiting for quite some time now. I know, it's been a month almost. It's crazy. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about... I don't know, man. Once upon a time in Hollywood. A bit nervous, actually. Uh, I don't. I think. I think. I. I might mess this up. I might just forget everything. Because <laughs> I was watching the film yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, I hope I remember this." Oh. <laughs> oh no, I am so excited. Uh, yeah. I saw the film on Friday on the uh, release date on the premiere here in Norway. Tell me. And it was incredible. Mm. It was amazing. It's. It was the theater packed. Yeah, it was. Packed. It was uh, nice, people nice. were cheering on and shouting and laughing and crying. It was funny. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, and 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 the range of people, like different type of people that were in the audience. There were like old women. Oh really? Yeah, old women oh, la- wow. laughing their shit off and uh, and uh, people my age and uh, every- everything in between. Really. Oh, that's always the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because Tarantino does a very good job of having something for everyone in the films. Mm, mm, so yeah, and he's quite—he's been around for a while too. Mm. And especially with this film, like the topic it covers, I bet it hits home to a lot of them, uh, age ranges and stuff. No, yeah, I am really excited to talk about it. Same, same. Where do you want to start off? I actually want to hear more about your thoughts on it. Uh, all right, so um, just okay, give me like pop. Like pop quiz, like questions, uh, and I'll see if I can answer them. Okay. Mm. First ones is what was your expectations going to this film mm-hmm. after watching the trailers? Because the trailers kind of give you this hint of, yeah. uh, for instance, I thought there'd be way more like Charles Manson in it, mm-hmm. and you know him showing up quite a bit, but he doesn't. He only shows up once. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little weird when it comes to films. I do like research before I watch the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with this so, one you've got to, I think. Yeah. yeah, so especially with like the big films, um, at, le- at least to some some uh, extent. But uh, so I I just went I I, I saw all uh, of the earlier Tarantino films uh, like Pulp Fiction, oh, nice. Glorious Bastards, um, uh, Hateful Eight, and I just I to just to get familiarized with with the style again, mm-hmm. and 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 to like I also like uh, remembering. Exact scenes and moments in other films because I know he does a lot of uh, I forgot Call the word backs and yeah, Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah, Easter eggs to yeah. to his old films. I'll like remember it later on. So I I went in and I saw some news articles because I knew about the, the Manson and uh, Roman Polanski and all all that stuff uh, for uh, from before, but no, nothing really serious. I just knew he, he did the, the the Tate murders and uh, and that. But but I expected yeah. so much more of Manson, like you said. Yeah. So like every time I saw him approach the house, because he, he approached yeah. the house once, I was like, they're, so they're, creepy. Now it happens. Now it happens. And yeah. And uh, but no, I love the the film. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio is such a good actor. Mm. It's insane that he only has one one Oscar. Like I know it's it's, it's kind of so like weird. I think at this point he doesn't even care. No, no, he, do, he, like, doesn't, yeah, he does. He does. He does. He doesn't give a shit. No, and also Brad Pitt was also amazing. Uh, he killed it. He was my favorite. By yeah, far he was film. amazing. I was expecting He's... a bit more from um, Margot Robbie. Yeah, Sharon Tate. Yeah, 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 Sharon Tate. Yeah, I was expecting a bit more from her because the, the scene she did was only the, the, the theater and uh, 
you're going to watch the movie and uh, like dancing and going to the yeah. mansion. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I thought all I thought the, that Rick Dalton, Cliff Booth, uh, and, and Sheridan would like interact a bit more with each other. Hmm. Uh, yeah, same. I thought they would like somehow bump into each other. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. So so that 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 that, that quite surprised me. But True. And uh, I, I just want to say you phrased that way better than that one journalist in this press conference. Okay. Um, the way she asked this question was so disrespectful towards like Sharon Tate. I think she said, like, pretty much she she was like, "How come you didn't add any lines to Sharon?" Like, sort of coming out. Like, she was pretty combative in her approach. Okay. And I just love the way Quentin Tarantino just said, "I don't support your hypothesis." <laughs> that's what, that's, what, that's what his qu- uh, responses. I loved it. <laughs> uh, no, a lot, a lot of journalists are. Like maybe too um, in attack mode, I guess, off, mm. on, on the offensive because they really want to get the re- reaction. Because I remember I saw an interview with Tarantino and uh, journalists, and he asked the journalist asked Tarantino about violence in films and how that will maybe resolve into violence in reality. Oh, is this the lady with the hat? No, this is this is a man. I oh, think. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Channel and, Four dude. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and and yeah, yeah. and he was and Tarantino was so sick of it because he has been asked a million times and doesn't change his yeah. answer and keep coming, keep going at it and because he because the journalists they want him to fall into this like trap almost. Exactly, it's like and a bait. Sort yeah, of it, it is a bait. Out. Yeah, and uh, so I feel bad for Tarantino for for in in, in those situations because mm. they want to like trick him essentially. But no, the film was amazing. It was it, it, I think it lived up to all my expectations. But same, the, same. about uh, Tarantino, what I know. Um, I love the soundtrack. I'm an I'm an old oldies fan, so <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was really pleased. I knew you'd like it. But I was so furious because uh, in scene when they play Mrs. Robinson in the car. Oh yeah. And then they go. So here's to you, Mrs. And then they cut it. And I was like, God <laughs> damn it! <laughs> I need they did that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I felt like I was something was stolen from me or something. <laughs> oh man, I know what you mean. They do that quite a bit mm, um, yeah. throughout the film, and there's quite a, kind of a uses of that too. Yeah, um, like in terms of cutting to different scenes, because the radio is quite clever in that way. Because since it's a radio channel, everyone's listening to it, and mm-hmm. there's a scene. Because I want to say it before I forget, where like Sharon Tate's listening to the radio, mm-hmm. and the song's playing, and it cuts to Cliff Booth in a car and the same song's playing so it doesn't yeah there's that continuity still it doesn't like make you think what wait what that's weird yeah that's a the music yeah. is a, it's yeah. a type of uh, transition we use in film a yeah lot with um, i was like oh that's sick overlapping yeah it's sort of like a dialogue shot you can have so if someone will talk and that and you you will just hear the the, the the voices and then you cut to to see what's actually going on yeah true, and true. um the same thing there, but it was it's really clever it's a really way clever way of transitioning uh, from scene to scene and apparently that radio station was quite popular i think it was called like um khg or something like that yeah. khj sorry yeah i love the, those types of uh, radio stations it's so it's so fun to listen to and they're true, so happy true. in a way so yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like, like a song behind the everything there's a yeah. song for like a radio i mean for a uh, perfume and stuff like <laughs> that too it's like exactly. wow uh, all right next question what uh, so that uh, it met my expectations short answer yes, yes. <laughs> cool and then i guess the next big question would be that do you have to know about the manson murders to like this film no. like say if you went into this film okay cool no because i'm a bit on the fence about that yeah i'm not too sure about that 
I'm, I think it helps a lot. Yeah. Because uh, my friend went to the to the cinema yesterday and he right. he saw it. And I told him later, yeah, the, the Mansons were real. And he was like, what? Yeah, because a lot of people, at least like our generation, ha- hasn't heard about because it, it happened in the sixties. Yeah, that's so true. so uh, it's not, and it's not that famous. I mean, mm. to our generations, but like, of course, our parents and grandparents, because it was it was a big thing at the at, at the time. The because yeah. people saw Hollywood, uh, people as like sort of untouchables, I guess. Anyway. I think people actually marked the death of uh, Sharon Tate and. Um, at sort of the end of the 60s. Yeah, I've heard uh, about yeah, that. Yeah, and because um, the golden age was almost done and now it was it was a bit more depressed. Uh, the Vietnam War was, is, is, is kicking off even more and it's getting worse and worse. And and uh, a lot of depression comes to the country, I think, with the, mm-hmm. with all the movement in that way. So, Which is good in a way because that's what helped Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but every that's kind of dark. I every guess. podcast we have it leads into Star Wars. For I know, every episode bad. just goes into Star Wars. It should be a drinking game, to be honest. Yeah, but but actually, okay, okay. The last thing I'm gonna say about Star Wars because we need to move move on with the film again. But mm. but uh, yeah, it is true that Star Wars was actually created as an result, as an uh, opposite reaction uh, as to what was being made in the seventies. Yeah. Every film in the seventies were depressed, uh, anti-villain or like I mean, villainous uh, criminals, and uh, a lot of depression. Really, in the films. If listeners are interested in that, they should listen to the. Uh, so they should watch this documentary called. Um, I think it's called Empire Dreams. You've probably seen it too. It's like the yeah. whole process behind why the films were made. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, really good documentary about uh, mm. about uh, Star Wars. Uh, so I, I would say you wouldn't need necessary to know anything about the Charleston, I mean the the Manson murders and the family, mm. to 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 enjoy it at least. Yeah. But I would say either research it later, and it's a it's a it's a, like a very nice thing if you know about it before because as as you and I did, and probably a lot of people knew uh, knew that Manson is here now, so something's going to yeah. happen. Someone is going to die. At the, um, uh, Tate and, and the friends are gonna uh, be found dead at some point in the film, and I was sitting so suspenseful in in the cinema. I was like, I know, Where, yeah. When is it happening? Each scene, and yes, and yes. Uh, we're probably gonna get to that later. But just gotta say that before it slips from my mind. And I and I saw that, and I thought about it once. I saw the text coming once upon a time in Hollywood, and I thought, mm. ah, it's a, it's like a clever way of this is the 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 fairy tale version of how it mm. should have happened. In the real yeah. world, like so, it, it's um, and Tarantino does, does this a lot in in his films, really, mm-hmm. with uh, Inglorious Bastards. It makes a fairy tale version of how the war, like a Hollywood ending to every major thing, like killing Hitler in inside the yeah. in in the cinema uh, in that film, and DiCaprio using a freaking flamethrower to kill one of the <laughs> yeah. in, in the scene. And the story behind that's interesting too, about how he came to the ending of killing Hitler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw like an interview where he said he just wrote himself into a corner, basically. Because I've heard I've heard that phrase quite a lot, where screenwriters write themselves into a corner, and they they got to find a way to dig themselves out of it. Yeah. And um, he just wrote in a piece of paper, "What if um, Hitler's killed?" And he went to sleep. 
Mm-hmm. And then he woke up and he was like, hey, that's not a bad idea. And then he went on with it. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's cool in a way, too. Yeah, it's cool. Because we always think, like, directors are just these super geniuses that are, like, flawless. But then no, they're, they're kind of human, too, in a way. Yeah. They've yeah. got these, like, yeah. You got to you gotta act on sort of what you have and uh, mm. and what you think people will might like. or But even you can do films that n- no one will like and that's also good in his own because yeah because film film is in a sense is, is it is art right it's it's something personal in a way like with his death proof like that's probably his like most unpopular film but i kind of enjoyed it still because he did loads mm-hmm. of like unique things with it yeah i i'm i'm, I'm gonna say a, a very unpopular uh, thing now so, oh, let's hear it. Let's so hear yeah, it. so I, I, I don't I don't I'm not really fond of the Kill Bill films. Oh really? I love those. No, I I, I saw the first one and but I I, yeah. c- I couldn't make myself to watch the second one. I got I was like, uh, it's just killing. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> uh, so 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 yeah. I feel like the other films has a bit more. They have stories and they have a lot of violence, but like it's segmented, so it's like a lot of dialogue, like in Pulp Fiction, and you have little violence and. Mm. But it's so good violence in it in a way, and same with yeah. uh, and same with Hateful Eight, which I love. Uh, and the suspense, nothing happens for pretty much the entire film besides the ending, right? So yeah, true. So it's, it's so interesting in that way. And and I, I found the first one. Maybe if I watched Kill Bill a bit earlier on, I would have liked it. But I but when I watched it, I just it was just a played revenge story in my head and it's like okay yeah it's uh, she wants to kill yeah. kill him and i'm like okay <laughs> I, I, mm. I didn't really find anything like really interesting like some the scenes were cool the fight scenes were cool and stuff but yeah but uh nothing too out of the ordinary f- for my taste i guess Mm-mm. but it's been a while since i've seen it too yeah but i, I remember i, I kind of had the same feeling at first um and then i saw it again and i saw the second one mm mm-hmm. mhm and I just kind of really enjoyed, like, the style, because it's super stylized, I feel like. There's, you know, like, camera choices and, like, homages to the first... I mean, to, like, his favorite films. And, like, the eye patch with the nurse as well. That's kind of... That's taken from another film. <laughs> and the whole, like, Pai Mei monk legend, that's taken from these, like, um, series. Like, this... I think it was, like, a martial arts Chinese series. Um... But yeah, I, I, I got to remember stuff about it, though, because I haven't seen it in a while. Mm. But it, it was just like a fun action movie more than anything for me, but I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. How do you like it? Uh, we got to ask that as well. Like, how do you... Did, did it live to your expectations, and and, was it, and, and were you surprised by anything? And um... I'd say, like, the first half hour, I wasn't on board when I first saw it. Because I was so because pe- because before this film came out, Tarantino compared it to Pulp Fiction, and he said it was his closest film to Pulp Fiction ever, and that's kind of a huge bar to set for a film. So I was, I, in my in the back of my head, I, I always had Pulp Fiction in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as the film starts, and there's this black and white promo of uh, Rick Dalton, yeah. I was like, okay, that's you know, that's kind of slow. You know, there's a, there's not a lot of it's like this is just promo for the for his like uh, TV series Bounty Law, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to them in the car and the music plays instantly, and I was like, um, okay, because like in Pulp Fiction, they do that right, they play songs on the radio. Yeah. But then before that, there's this like super intense scene, 
between like Honey Bunny and Tim Roth's character where they stick up this um, restaurant. Yeah. And there's like yeah, you know, there's like a spike in action, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and then it cuts to them in the car. Whereas this one was like pretty steady. It was kind of it was a slow burn basically. But I think I kind of started switching when I started like getting to know the characters more. Yeah. Because like Rick Dalton's character is kind of like this like super sensitive and downtrodden sort of guy, and you kind of feel sympathetic towards him throughout the film. And that was the inverse of what Tarantino's characters are usually like. Usually ultra violent. Yeah. Um. You know, even Brad Pitt characters he's just like they're all just like a couple of nice guys to be <laughs> honest <laughs> they're just like going about their day trying to make a living in hollywood and things are changing for rick dalton and subsequently it's changing for brad pitt's character yeah so it's affecting both of them in a way so it was like i think like i got felt like sympathetic towards them and, and then i started liking the film more and then i was on board <laughs> no yeah, yeah I, I could i could see myself in the in on the same page there with the mm. I wasn't so impressed by the beginning and uh, same and, same and, and, but it developed uh, better and better I think yeah like midway I was like sold I, I really liked it but I, w- I was I was surprised that um, when uh, Brad Pitt's character Cliff Booth when he went into the Manson uh, courtyard or uh, the family oh, yeah, play- yeah. place the ranch. Yeah, the ranch. And I think that's that's the scene. Sorry to cut you yeah. off. I think that was the scene where I was like, okay, I'm on board. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, when that happened, I know. I, and I, I, I was surprised because I didn't think the girl, um, the, uh, uh, the Cliff Booth, uh, starts falling for her in a way the pussycat. Mm. I, I thought I, I didn't think she was part of the Mantis. I, I thought it was gonna be just like a little like love. Uh, uh, love mm. sequence or like uh, 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 romance. Oh right, okay. So, okay. so I didn't, I didn't believe anything when uh, I was, uh, uh, that anything was wrong. So when they pulled out into this creepy ass rant, I was like, God damn, what's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> yeah, there's like sound effects in the background mm. too, where there's mm. kind of like the horror sort of like whistling going on, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like the airs making some noises, but. <laughs> but but yeah, like that's pretty much my opinions about the film. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, it was it was really good, and uh, mm. the, the overall it was really good. Actually, I have got one more question for you. Sorry, yeah. before we start, like when you watch films, um, do you kind of like before the film releases? Do you kind of invent a storyline in your head of what the film is going to be about? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, what was yeah. yours for this film? Because I, I had one too. Okay, so when I saw... Okay, so the beginning, uh, let's say about... When we were first introduced to, uh, into the character, both Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth. When, what, oh, no, what, what, um, I guess that too, but I, what I meant like specifically from the trailers. From the trailer? Oh, from the trailer. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so way before that. Okay, so I, I thought it was going to be um, about... So from the trailer, you, knew, know, you know about... Uh, it's a guy named Rick Dalton and the stuntman, Cliff Booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought they were both like bigger actors, like uh, not bigger actors, yeah. but like, that Cliff Booth was a big act, a big actor, actor as well. Mm. That it wasn't just the stuntman. Yeah, and, same, uh, same, that same. They, that, Yeah, that they both were like big, big high end actors. Yeah, uh, I thought that. And they're not being losers, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, they? really, it's a, it's a big loser. Uh, I, yeah. I didn't. I thought that Sharon Tate was going to interact with the 
Cliff Booth and Dalton way more. Yeah. Like shares yeah, maybe yeah. I, th- I thought they were gonna share, share like a scene or a movie or something, mm. or even be lovers. I don't know uh, so, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like they're kind of like because obviously like they're in the trailer it gives away that they're neighbors. Yeah. So yeah, I was like maybe they're gonna star in a film and that's how they're gonna end up knowing each other. Um, and I kind of really thought they would have the, I mean, we'll get to it in the end, but like the ending would be what actually happened in real life. That's what I thought. But, um, but yeah, we pretty much had the same thought, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So I just thought it was going to be like kind of ultra violent, like especially, um, in the first scene when Cliff Booth and Rick Dolan walk into the bar, it's kind of like this macho sort of entrance, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Mm Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh wow, these guys are gonna be some like badasses kind of. Yeah. But then, then no, they're like cowards. Oh, yeah. not cowards, yeah. but no, they're 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 not like the most. I mean, I mean, Cliff Booth is like a masculine man, man, I guess. Oh hell yeah, 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 yeah in yeah. a way that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but Rick Dalton is a is a pussycat. To say the least. And what, you know what they say? We love our pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, we sure do. We sure do. And um, but yeah, so, so there's a, some things I thought was gonna happen a bit more like yeah, with uh, the Mansons. I thought Mansons was gonna be a bigger part. Mm. Um, but because uh, they've cut some scenes from the trailer. Because there's a scene where in the trailer, Manson, Man, uh, Charles Manson gives a nod to Cliff Booth. No, I think it doesn't. Doesn't he do that in the film? No, no, he doesn't. He never even notices Cliff Booth. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. and there's a scene where in one of the promos, Charles Manson does like a shout, okay. like a oh, like an angry shout, and that's never in the film either. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, but allegedly this film's first assembly, like I kind of got this from IMDb, the editor Fred Raskin said the first assembly was four hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> I want to see that version. Oh man. Do you know? Give me that version. Did you know, by the way, that D- uh, Damon uh, Harriman, the, the actor, who plays uh, Charles Manson in the film? Oh yeah. He actually plays uh, Charles Manson in the new season of uh, Mindhunters. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Very, very short. I want to check that out. That's that, 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 that's like... another really good show. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, right. it's David Fincher. So. Uh, oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so it's no, it's really good. It's about uh, it's based on real. Uh, Real life events about the c- criminal investigation and psychological. Oh, right. I, I haven't seen it too much, but I I, I can remember it's that it, it, people love it because the new season released two days ago, I think. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Is that a Netflix? Yeah, thing? yeah, or... Netflix thing. Yeah. Oh wow, okay. So yeah, I'll I, take a look. I'm, yeah. I'm currently rewatching House of Cards at the moment. <laughs> oh, I remember you love you like that series, yeah. don't you? Yeah, no, it's, yeah. A, it's a really good show as well. Hmm. But yeah, okay. On with the podcast that. about All Once right. Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, let's do it. This might be this might take us a while, actually. <laughs> All right, cool. So like, the film opens up with um, this black and white western look, um, and you find out that's the series that um, Rick Dalton stars in called Bounty Law. And shortly after, there's like this interview between um, Rick Dalton and his stunt. Um, stunt partner which is uh, Cliff Booth and you kind of get an idea of who they are and yeah and then the scene shortly starts with uh, Rick and Cliff entering a restaurant where they meet Marvin Schwarz played by Al Pacino 
And that's where you get like, um, I, I, I don't know if you noticed this, I might be wrong, but there's like some weird edits here where, um, like, uh, Rick mentions that he's being chauffeured around by Cliff. Yeah. And then Kurt Russell's voiceover comes in. What did you think of that? I think it was off. I, I, yeah, I, I felt like. Yeah, wait, what? It, it didn't. Fit. <laughs> I did, it didn't fit for some reason. Yeah. Because when, when I, I initially thought it's either Booth or Dal- Dalton talking, so I was like, who, who who's this? <laughs> Same. I thought it would make more sense if Cliff t- said it. If Cliff yeah. was like, "Horse shit, you know. Yeah, because because he because um, he would be like a spectator to what Dalton is doing, right? Yeah. So he could he could sort of like be the narrator of the story in a way. Hmm. I think that's, I guess, Tarantino's way of saying, like, foreshadowing that, look, later on, Kurt Russell's gonna narrate the rest of the film. So, because um, he does this in Hateful Eight, too, where, like, I think it's, like, in the middle of the film where Tarantino starts nar- narrating about what happened with, like, the previous owners of yeah. uh, the shack. Mm-hmm. That was a bit weird, too, but... yeah. I guess you could say like this is another storytelling aspect. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think um, in in Hateful Eight when the Tarantino narrates himself, I think that's a bit more because you sort of can remember his voice. It's oh, oh yeah, it's Tarantino, right? Yeah, but yeah. But, but at the same time, because his voice doesn't like mimic any others at the time, like in in, in the cabin. So, you, mm, so you don't, exactly, you don't, yeah. you don't really yeah. think that's one of them. So you're, oh, okay, yeah, it's a narrator now. But in, yeah. in that scene, it was like so chaotic in a way. So like a lot of things happening, <laughs> yeah. and then suddenly someone's talking. And I'm like, and he has a, he has a very familiar voice. Mm. So and 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 and, and it's sort of it's sort of similar to the, the, to DiCaprio's and, and and Brad Pitt's voice. Yeah. In in uh, in tone. So I I thought mm. I think it would because like if he, if it was like Morgan Freeman. You would like no. <laughs> yeah. You would know exactly. This is this is an actor now, right? Or or a Tarantino himself, maybe, maybe perhaps, mm. or or a female, for that matter. <laughs> I want to do a Morgan Freeman impression, but I don't know if I can. Try it. Do it for glory. We can edit it out. Okay. 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 <laughs> uh, what does he say? He's like uh, Andrew Dufresne. Hi, I'm Morgan Freeman. Horse shit. His now I can't do it. It's just <laughs> super offensive. I guess that's, that's not bad. Okay, I'm gonna try. Let's see. Um, I'm All gonna right. do. Andrew Dufresne came to Shawshank in hope of adventure. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Wait, uh, I haven't seen Shawshank Redemption either. I need to see that. You haven't seen Shawshank Redemption? I know, I know, I know. I'm putting it... People have said it's overrated. Some people have said it's overrated. It's not overrated. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what some people have said. That's, that's on the list, man. I'm, I'm kidding you not. That's on the list. That's the next podcast right there. Okay. It's, okay. it's number one on IMDb, and it's it's incredibly good. Hey, can't be better than the emoji film. <laughs> I'm just saying. Nah, Alright, I'll have to see that next. So yeah, that's the, the thing with the voiceover. So mm. um Okay, proceed with the next uh, thing then. Yeah, and then I guess they have this sort of job interview in the middle of the restaurant where yeah. Marvin Schwartz kind of tells the only DiCaprio's character that his career is gonna go downhill or has been going downhill. Mm-hmm. And you can see he's kind of having this realization as he's telling him. Uh, Rick Dalton kind of looks, you know, at first he's a bit like skeptical, but you can see he's getting like he's getting sadder and sadder as the conversation goes on. Yeah, yeah. But there is a cool, uh, you know, 
flashback to one of his films where he you know he plays like this um it's like a world war Two, like alternate reality kind of thing mm-hmm. where he, he he's got this like flamethrower and <laughs> you know uh, he burns down all these nazis um and have you heard of this phrase called like Chekhov's gun no um i think the idea is that it's like a old mechanic where if you show a gun in the first act it's got to come into play in the third oh act. yeah 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 the, yeah the, yeah if you see a gun in a film it has to fire at some point mm. someone is gonna mm. someone it's gonna be shot that's uh yeah yeah so so in this case it's like a <laughs> Chekhov's flamethrower <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's so clever um, <laughs> yeah i was like all right because yeah and then you know mm. he kind of voices his opinion about how hard it was to use the flamethrower <laughs> and you get the line where it's it's a flamethrower. It's a flame. Yeah, <laughs> it's a flamethrower, and he's like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, the entire audience in my cinema laughed their ass off at that moment. Oh, I was so jealous. My cinema was dead. Really? My cinema was so dead. No, oh my god, people like. There was like four people in it. Uh, we, yeah. we were like three hundred, and people like it was like a comedy show at that point. Oh my god, that's a cool thing you brought. It is a comedy, isn't it? This film. Yeah, I would say it's yeah, a comedy. it's a comedy. It's a drama com- you know it's it's mostly a comedy cuz all the drama that happens is comedic mm. and there's so so there's some scenes that are like drama uh, mm. uh like with uh, uh Dalton talking to his little girl the young actor mm. and um, but also and and his reaction that he's a bad actor he say <laughs> the scene when he says <laughs> into his, into the mirror that if you don't do this these lines for <laughs> that me, was funny. you'll that was I'll hilarious. kill yourself tonight or something yeah. <laughs> that was amazing could that be a reference to his great gatsby but he got, he doesn't kill himself in the pool he gets shot in the pool yeah sorry. yeah yeah, that was that hilarious. Because be you can see the mirror shot too. Like you can see him in the mirror as well. <laughs> so it just looks it looks like he's staring at someone else. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I'll oh. blow your brains out. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's yeah. so. That's the biggest motivator I heard in my life. I think. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so, and I think. <clears throat> so I think that's uh, at least. I think it's very dominant that it is a comedy film. Like with the scenes with Bruce Lee, I almost pissed my pants. Because mm. okay, the thing about Bruce Lee, because I I believe he's been overhyped throughout the century, like the throughout the uh, decades. Yeah, which is understandable. I can I can honestly like understand both sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. I don't get offended by either side. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, but, no, go on. yeah, because I I can stand both things. Because so I I I know that. At least the master of Bruce Lee, uh, called the uh, Ip Man. Mm. There's a film about him as well, like three films I think mm. now. Um, yeah. So they are quite at least the master, and I think Bruce Lee as well. But they 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 were deadly. Like I think he would kick most people's ass mm. uh, because of the kung fu training uh, in yeah. Wing Chun, and uh, that's the art form, by the way, the Wing Chun, mm. because you have different styles of kung fu. You have southern, western style, and uh, like the tiger and, and all that stuff, uh, but the wing chun crane. And yeah, so but but the 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 wing chun is actually a female form of the of kung fu. So, oh right, yeah, okay, it's very interesting. Um, so, so yeah, so he would kick. I think most people's ass, but you got to remember, Bruce Lee, he's seven. He's only seventy kilos, and if yeah, you go yeah. against a, yeah, a veteran, as is described in the in the Cliff Booth in the film. Hmm. 
and he jumps at you and <laughs> he will throw you <laughs> I, i mean i kid you not when he threw him into the car like it was <laughs> a bag of bread or something it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that scene too so because yeah people have said that yeah mm. he's like a tiny guy and when you're going up, up against someone who's like six foot tall or like 200 pounds yeah the, the, there's not that, yeah. that not not that much you can do like he he would he, he would de- was deadly and, and dangerous i guess mm. but it's like i think if you put like bruce lee against the mma fighter i think the mma fighter would win just because of raw, yeah just because of raw power i guess and, and weight yeah, and weight yeah. of course Yeah, but if you go one on one, if and but if we have two males like Bruce Lee and another guy that said they are around the same height and and weight, I, I would yeah. I think Bruce Lee would would win there. But and there's so many ways to defend it either way too. Yeah, um, like people can say, oh, you know, he's like this champion, and then you could also say it is a flashback from the point of Cliff Booth's character, mm-hmm. and that's been used in films for for uh, even in pop fiction where. Um, during a flash, it's not a flashback, but during a point of view change, like when the camera changes point of view, mm-hmm. the dialogue changes from the first time we hear Honey Bunny shout, like "Get on the like, you know, put your hands up, MF or whatever," yeah. right? But then when they play that scene again in the end from a different perspective, the dialogue changes. Yeah, and people have said it's because it's from a different person's point of view. Mm-hmm. So it might it's just a biased point of view from Cliff Booth anyways it's his yeah. it's what happened in his head Yeah that could, yeah that could be true that could be true like it might have not played out that way Yeah and, and like and, but but at the same time it could have played out in that way so it's like, it, you got to remember all the things he he acting right Yeah he's it's hollywood it's fake right <laughs> so every yeah, so every yeah, fight yeah. he fights it's planned beforehand and it's choreographed mm. to make him win in every fight yeah exactly. he, he even went as far as because when he played uh gato because that was uh cliff boots he you, you remember he called him he, he called uh him gato oh yeah kato yeah kato yeah yeah so that was a chauffeur in Batman and Robin or something. I can't remember the, like the villain, mm. and he refused mm. to lose to Robin the Boy Wonder. Oh so, really? Yeah, it had. So did I? He refused to act if they if they, if it made him lose. So they had to make it a tie. <laughs> oh, I see. So he, okay, so he, I haven't. I need to see those clips actually. Yeah, like the Green Hornet. And yeah, stuff like that. so, so yeah. he he's a, he was a very because Bruce Lee doesn't lose in a way. So, so, mm. but. And may, and and maybe he just uh, maybe Quentin Tarantino did it both in a way just they just because people just expected him to win because because yeah, it's Bruce yeah. Lee oh my god he's he's gonna be kicked he kick his ass now right and then mm-hmm. you <laughs> and then because <laughs> because he's he, he was like a show sure, he would he would he would be a, he would act like on uh, very high on his horse right he would be like mm. I am the master I am the warrior <laughs> yeah I mean that's the thing like he was at the time of the Green Hornet he was 26 years old mm-hmm. and I'm close to that age and I'm an idiot <laughs> like, I'm not saying like because you know you think like martial arts wisdom takes years and years of practice yeah. and you know like decades even yeah. and anyone who kind of I mean maybe he was a prodigy who knows I don't know much about him yeah. but Uh, like yeah I, th- i mean you can't be an amazing like you know god yeah. <laughs> by the time you're 26 no, I mean, no I exactly know. so i think i think i i believe his master ipman 
I think he was because mm. he was actually a truly like fighter, like champion in a, in in many ways. He because he he lived in, his master lived in uh, in China during oh, wow. during the okay. de, during the in, uh, Japanese invasion of the mainland. So oh, right, that's what right. the film is about, and the uh, Japanese were looking for they were looking to show off their. Uh, uh, Jaiutsu uh, and karate against uh, oh, okay. um, kung fu uh, masters to show that ja- mm. the Japanese were superior to uh, um, to the Chinese. So, right, right. so every a lot of people would lose to the Japan to the Japanese, like most masters in the in the in the, the district he lived. But uh, Ipman would always win, and it was and uh, the Japanese went as far as to hunt him down. It's, it's really crazy. Oh, sick! We should do those films. I want to do like some foreign films, yeah. like reviews too. No, because I, I never it, really it watched those. Uh, it really is a really, yeah, we could do we could do the Ipman film. It's, it's it's quite a good one. Uh, it's very interesting because and and I believe it, like he was a master because he was truly uh, deadly. Mm. Uh, but uh, but he he trained uh, he trained Bruce Lee. But you got to remember, Bruce Lee was an actor right so so I, I, yeah. I, I, he, he wouldn't spend all his time training like Ip Man would do because he, he that was his job Ip Man he was an, a trainer for people to in Kung Fu so yeah. so I, I don't believe that Bruce Lee at the age of 26 would have reached the master class mm. yet like uh, the sensei status I guess in a way and they even talk about that right like he was he hadn't taken part in a lot of actual fighting tournaments like no yeah, he hadn't, you know, won any no, no, no. belts or anything like no, that. He, I mean, he, he, like championships and whatnot. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure about Bruce Lee, because but uh, as people say, something, something is fake, something is not fake. I believe he, he was mm. like fit and he was strong and he was all that because he could do like push-ups mm. and, like with the what, three fingers or something, but but mm. uh, self-control. The one-inch punch. Yeah, one-inch punch. So the one-inch punch, I'm not sure about because I think. Yeah. It's powerful, but I mean, it's it's not useful yeah, in a fight, I guess. Useful like, and uh, <laughs> stuff like that, but <laughs> yeah, and also the but, and also the ping pong thing is is quite impressive. But I'm not sure. But but people say that it's fake as well. So I'm not. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, you should check it up. It's it's basically Bruce Lee playing ping pong with nunchucks. <laughs> oh, I've, I've I've sorry, I I have seen that. Sorry, mm. I forgot about that yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. All right. Okay. Uh. So. What is the next scene we are going to discuss? Yeah, I just wanted to go back a little bit to the beginning yeah, yeah. almost. Um, mm-hmm. We see Cliff getting picked up from... No, Cliff and Rick drive home after their interview with Marvin Schwartz. And he kind of gets this realization that he's got to go do Italian films. <laughs> that's, that's the way he calls it. <clears throat> There's a funny scene yeah. there too where he starts crying in front of Cliff. And <laughs> yeah. He tells him not to cry in front of Mexicans. <laughs> and I don't know if you uh, noticed this. I didn't notice this until just like half an hour ago. But the the car that they drive in is the same car, the same Cadillac from Reservoir Dogs. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Which is owned oh. by Michael Manson. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, same. Huh. I was like, how is that car even running? It's like in pristine condition. I actually think. Because I think I heard from interviews from, with Tarantino, I think he keeps a lot of uh, props, like mm-hmm. a lot of directors do. Yeah. And I think he, he I know he kept the uh, the pussy wagon. Yeah. True, 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 true. <laughs> so he kept that and uh, also various uh, objects like the, sh- the shaver from Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And 
and a wallet with bad motherfucker on it. Mm, you've <laughs> got to keep that. That's like that's got to be up in a museum sometime soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I really, actually, I really want the wallet that says bad motherfucker on it. <laughs> My friend actually had one. I remember he used to carry one, yeah. But it, it looks weird, though, if people don't get the reference of the film. Oh. But it, oh, wow. it, it looks pretty sick. Yeah. It looks yeah. pretty sick. Mm. Like, when, when they mentioned spaghetti westerns in this film, did you, did you mm. kind of think of um, Sergio Leone at a point? I thought that was, like, a cool Easter egg, maybe, to him. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he's a great influence to Tarantino in a way. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, but anyways, like so the next scene, Cliff rides Rick home where, you know, once once they get there, he's got his own parking spot, which is cool because he's got his film poster on it with his face <laughs> on it. Um, and then here we see, because the first time we see Sharon Tate dancing um, in an airplane, right? And she's mm-hmm. up in like the first class sort of Pan Am, you know, section. Um, yeah. Which could be a callback to Margot Robbie's um, series, where she it was called Pan Am in 2011. Mm. Um, so that's that might be a callback to that. But anyways, you see Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate pull up next to um, you know our main protagonist, and he, mm-hmm. you can see like he it's kind of like that scene in Aladdin where Abu sees like the jewel, and mm-hmm. you can like it's it's crazy because like. Um, you know, Rick Dalton even mentions after that, you know, the hottest director in the whole world is right next to his door, and here he is lying on his ass or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Spe- speaking of the, the airline scenes, like, mm-hmm. I think it's just because me, but every time I see uh, Pan Am, like, yeah. the company is bankrupt now, I think. It, yeah. Um, yeah, it went bankrupt in 1991, I think. Hmm. Uh, but every time I see it, I, I just think of Catch Me If You Can with uh, oh, yeah, Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was such, that was such a big point, Pan Am. Uh, so every, I just for some reason I just thought, oh, I'm not watching Pan Am now the, <laughs> the commercial. But like, yes, yeah, like like the scenes with uh, Cliff Booth sitting in in uh, in, uh, in uh, normal class. The, mm. um, Business class is that called? No. Yeah. Um. Like coach? Oh, economy. Yeah, economy. Economy coach. Yeah. Yeah. Economy. Yeah. And him sitting in in front of the plane, like mm. with uh, luxury, because mm. I, I from the judging by the trailers, I would I would think that they would be on the same level or page. Yeah, that's what Not I thought that too. Yeah. Because yeah, even yeah. Bruce, like speaking of Bruce Lee earlier, he he even says you're kind of pretty for a stunt stunt man. <laughs> so, because mm-hmm. just because he's good looking, we also assume that he might be important too. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of the airline scene, don't, did you notice like they're smoking in the airplane? And smoking is such a huge part of this film. I feel like everyone's yeah. got a cigarette. And yeah, that it's it's such it's, it's such a um, it used to be like that. It's it's incredible. Like it was just yeah. in the ninth. It was just in the nineteen nineties. Like like mm. here in my in my city, that people were banned from smoking. Like inside restaurants, really? And stuff like that. It yeah, came yeah. way late over here. I remember even going to like a Chinese restaurant, and the first mm-hmm. thing they would ask is like smoking or not smoking. Mm-hmm. And this was like two thousand and six, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's weird. So, so uh, people are just like sort of. So the, the, there's like this human phenomenon, I think, mm. with smoke. While we're talking about smoking, so. Mm-hmm. The the, mer- the 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 human mind will always try to art. Uh, so there's phenomenon in your head like you have two sides of everything. Mm. So you're you every time you are about to make a decision, 
you will have one for and one against. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, the thing about smokers, that's the biggest example. Like they know, they know the the the, the unhealthiness now. Yeah, the, yeah. the causes and cancer yeah. and all that. But they still smoke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's, it's sort of this. So they try to justify it for themselves in yeah. in, in different ways. Yeah. I can't remember what what it's called now. It was uh, cognitive about, dissonance. Uh, yes, there yeah, you go. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Mm. So, wow, you were smart. Nah, I mean, I remember <laughs> just picking that phrase up from somewhere randomly. Mm. But um, <laughs> well, but it's true though, because even I mean, I've had conversations with like alcoholics and stuff, and they make logical deductions for other things, mm-hmm. but when it comes to I'll ask them like, "Hey, how come you?" And then they they'll just bring up this whole story about, "Well, according to this research, blah blah blah, one glass a day is getting this." Like, oh, okay, there's mm-hmm. no way I can penetrate that unless I go like Leonardo DiCaprio and Inception on them. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's the only way to get it across some people. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but then some then some people are like, "Oh well, I don't know. Well, I'm gonna die anytime, anyways. So I'm gonna die soon, anyways. <laughs> Might as well, you know." speed up the process is like uh, yeah. okay <laughs> one thing i noticed about um about moving to united kingdom yeah uh, like uh, last year i i, I realized i saw that a lot of the youth still mm-hmm. smokes mm-hmm. so like people my age and uh, and your age and uh, everyone between like they still like regular smokes and like because because in norway it's almost seen as taboo in a way oh really okay yeah, so like yeah. older people, like uh, from the older generations, from born born in the seventies or like even older, mm. like like adults, mm-hmm. uh, they, they will maybe smoke, but they even they will like s- s- try to stop it, yeah, uh, and at least quit. Um, but no, but it's so real. You hear some starting smoking now. Yeah, it's it like is um, our age yeah. here in Norway because it, it it's seen up it's seen up unless like you. You're trying to be cool or something. That's but people are like, what the hell are you doing? Spit it out. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but this film, it's sort of used as like a cool body language sort of thing. I feel yeah. like a lot of films do that. Where yeah, it, it also dictates like the pace of the dialogue. So like I could be mm-hmm. like, so Johannes, and then I drag. How's it going? And then it's like, it's cool in that way. Where yeah, no. yeah. So 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 the thing about smoking, right? I wish I could smoke and it wouldn't kill me and uh, so I, I don't smoke <laughs> now but but I wish I could mm-hmm. and that it wasn't unhealthy yeah because I'm going to admit as a filmmaker right it, it's so good to have mm-hmm. someone who smokes because the scenes you can extend the, the pacing entirely as, as you said with yeah. if someone sits down and and he looks at you and he says well <sighs> yeah what do we have here it's 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 like you drag it on it's like if he pulls it in and he blows it into your face it's like Mm. oh my god jesus christ with the right lighting it's it's such a beautiful scene Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. and uh, and also just for for the for the environment like it 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 looks cool yeah i'm not trying by the way no one is i'm not encouraging anyone to smoke now yeah i think we're talking about looks cool in a film sense yeah 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 yeah. so so we're, we're we're both filmmakers and film students so 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 just just like the the um, the spectacle of it mm. is what we're trying to say that the spectacle yeah. is cool yeah. it's like seeing a mass shooting in a, in a film it can be a very cool scene but it's yeah. don't shoot anyone in real life because <laughs> like they that. even have 
I think uh, for some reason, why am I going back to the Bruce Lee thing? But when <laughs> Bruce Lee, like, I know, it's but, a... but yeah, well, when um, Cliff Booth is talking to Bruce Lee, he's got a he's got a milk carton and he's like holding that. So that's that's such a cool way of just having your actor do something. You know, always there's something going on with Tarantino films. They're always doing something. Um, yeah, and they're never just like twiddling their fingers or anything like that. <laughs> um. Because people give him shit for like showing feet a lot, but that's something for the actress actor to do. Yeah, you know, instead of just like sitting idly with their like legs crossed on the driver's seat, like she's gonna lounge back, she's gonna have a foot on the dashboard, and you know she's gonna relax, and you know that's just a way. To, yeah. I think that's what I cinema's to, about. Yeah, isn't and it's it? also yeah. in and also like putting your feet on the windshield of a car. Mm. That it's like it's it's like a dog pissing on the ground, right? It's, it's to establish like dominance of the situation. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. in control, right? It's yeah. like if 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 so, if you and I were to meet tomorrow, right, for the first mm-hmm. time, if mm-hmm. that was, if if we were hadn't already met, and we you, we would take a drive, and I would suddenly like put my shoe take my shoes off, and I would put my feet <laughs> to the windshield. I was like, this guy is <laughs> yeah, this guy is com- <laughs> this guy is comfortable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but but it's because. It, it, it really shows dominance, though, like because you're mm. that calm in that exactly, f- yeah. in that uh, foreign situation. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's a good um, point. Yeah. Mm. So uh, it's um, uh, that that's the way I would describe it, especially this, like this girl, uh, Pussycat, is always is obviously like in charge of the situation. She's probably not eighteen as she states she is in the film. She's probably younger. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, and uh, she knows what a man likes, and and she knows how to get into him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by behaving sexy in a way, uh, lying on top of him or, or uh, during the the car scenes, and obviously the, the the feet on the on the on the on the glass. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and and it's also a sense of a sexual way as well, like obviously mm. with the f- f- people's fetishes for it, but also. For some reason, like the feet is in a way a sense. It's like a sensitive area, right? Yeah, because you don't it's see like, it. No, you don't. You don't see it re- regularly. Yeah, and uh, it's, uh, it's it's like some of your. Uh, I can't remember the, the the English word for it, but we call it erigen. Okay. So it's like the zones of people where it's like uh, in, in intimate zone. Basically, true, true. So, so the shoulder, yeah, the, the neck. shoulder, the neck, the neck, the lips, the ears, yeah, and yeah. And, and the feet is also one of them, I think. All right, the thighs, yeah. And the only way you can access it is if someone's presenting it to you, because you can't just like crouch and hold it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a weird position to be in. Someone's got to present it to you, and they're kind of vulnerable in that way as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just love that. Yeah. Um, it's a callback to Pulp Fiction too, in a way, with the foot mm-hmm. massage scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Giving a foot massage. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever given oh. a guy a foot massage? <laughs> that's good. Oh, but, that's um, good. But anyways, okay. Yeah, so, I guess another important scene after that, I mean, you you see that Cliff has this, like, huge commitment to his friend because he drives, like, almost four songs worth of <laughs> distance to back to his home. <laughs> and once he gets there... There's such a cool shot, like with the crane. I what would you call that? Where, you know, when he parks up near his house and the camera 
cranes up and yeah. it shows the uh, outdoor cinema and the lens cut it's just like insane like it comes into play later but mm-hmm. um it's a con- uh, continuous shot where it just goes from ground level all the way to the sky and then it yeah, cuts yeah. and then he's it's a yeah it's a, it's a lift shot right lift it's shot a, yeah okay i think or a, or a crane shot yeah yeah, yeah like, it's insane oh it's, it's a really good it's a really cool scene yeah mm-hmm. and then we're introduced to maybe one of the most badass and cutest character in the film that, that dog <laughs> is life yeah. <laughs> that dog i love her so much <laughs> so good brandy uh, mm. um and you know she's kind of like well fed too in a way because he's almost <laughs> eating shit compared to the dog he's yeah. eating like mac and cheese whereas the dog's eating this gourmet i mean it's not gourmet but it's two <laughs> cans worth of um i think it's called like wolf bite or something like that Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing. I didn't see notice this the first time, but did you notice the label, like what flavor it is on each can? Was it like spicy something or? Uh... It might be, but one of them said rat flavor <laughs> and bird flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And so it yeah, says that's another co- comedic thing. Like yeah, you you know you don't buy things at the store. I think that has like rat flavor. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can buy that. So. Yeah. That's like the little, the little things you notice, like when when you see, oh my god, that's funny, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, and do you find it so satisfying when he, like, chucks it onto the uh, food bowl? I love and it. The thing it, just yeah. Yeah, I love it. I, it like drips <laughs> yeah, it's out. So satisfying. It's, like, it's basically like someone taking a shit or something. It is. It is. <laughs> but yeah, I love it so much. I don't know. I was just like, yeah, yeah, it was super satisfying. Mm. <laughs> And at first, when I saw this scene, I was like, "Why is why are they showing Brad Pitt just driving all the way home? Why can't they just cut?" But apparently, stuntmen did that, and it was like a social class thing where um, people in people usually staying in LA, the they were kind of the upper class because obviously it's so expensive. So stuntmen would drive like 60, 70 miles to work each day because they couldn't afford living there. Mm-hmm. So that was a cool. Uh, once I read that, I was like, "Oh, that's cool. That's a cool like commentary." That's on, pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's very yeah. interesting. You notice that uh, when they reveal, um, you know, the odd. Um, oh my god, my English is failing me again. Uh, you know, the drive uh, when uh, Saleo Drive or something. Yeah, Saleo Drive. Yeah, that like the first time we see it, right? When it, when uh, uh, when Cliff returns. Uh, uh, Rick to his to, yeah, Rick to his home. Yeah, uh, the camera lingers mm. quite a while to reveal the name. Yeah, yeah. Because this low street is is uh, is the real street where Tate and Polanski lived. Mm. So, um, so it's it's sort of to give maybe a thing of what to come. Because like when when I saw that, I was like, okay, yes, something is going down again. Yeah, yeah. So like oh, I'm thinking about Manson, but mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's because during the entire film it hints up towards this moment right yeah yeah like yeah she they're going to die like they did in real life mm. but yeah obviously as we spoil a lot they don't but yeah but um, it's, it's like those little details you know in the films that mm. you make you oh man that's that's just really cool and because when you notice it you, you can't you can never unnotice it it's like when you notice the arrow in the fedex logo mm. oh yeah <laughs> true and it's it's one of those things like tarantino 
doesn't have to force it down our throats that this is Solera Drive. He doesn't have to. He just has to kind of show it to us, and we get it instantly. We're like, all right, mm-hmm. this is where they live, and this is where Sharon Tate's Sharon Tate might possibly die in the film and stuff like. That. I mean, get murdered. Sorry, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, and to go back a bit, um, where we talked about Cliff and Rick having this like social difference, you see another social difference between Rick and Sharon Tate. Because he's floating in the pool all by himself, reciting dialogue. Mm-hmm. Or, like, he's lonely. It's kind of sad, <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. And the camera just zooms out, and then you see Sharon Tate and her friend, Roman Polanski, going to this, like, huge-ass party in, like, the, the Playboy Mansion with loads of friends and loads of elite people. Um, Steve mm-hmm. McQueen's there, too. Yeah. Uh, who, apparently, Rick Dalton is sort of based on. Yeah, um, and yeah, you just see like this huge contrast between their lives as well, and that's kind of cool. And then we see obviously the next scene is um, she's waking up. Uh, something else happens before that, but it's not too important. <laughs> and we see Charles Manson strolling down the street <laughs> uh, while Cliff's fixing the antenna. Yeah, yeah, because. I really like the antenna scenes for some reasons because one, it, it, it's the beginning of the flashback to the Bruce Lee fight. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, such a good way to cut it, like when he says, oh yeah, that, that's right, <laughs> that happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, the way he like yeah. parkours up the top. I know, that was sick. I was like, god damn. <laughs> I know, is that him? I hope it's him. Uh, probably, like, I mean. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. I even they, read that. You know when he takes his shirt off. So the scene when uh, when uh, he's about to go fix the antenna to mm-hmm. to, to Dalton's house, mm-hmm. he he parks her up to the to the top, which is incredibly cool. <laughs> yeah, and th- and then because it shows that he's a truly a man, right? He, he yeah. does. And but it also states the fact that Dalton is useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't you even fix that, a. Freaking, yeah, he can't, yeah. can't fix the antenna. He can't drive anywhere. He, it's, it's like he's a little kid. Yeah, well, yeah, and, that's a good and, point. Yeah, and, true. And, and, and he's uh, and uh, Clifton is like his dad or something. Yeah, yeah. That um, he goes around and uh, <laughs> he's almost and like his. Way, go, go, on, go. On. And, and by the way, do, do you believe that uh, Clifton killed his wife, or do you think it was an accident? I was gonna ask you that. God damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> I. It's weird, yeah, it's because I feel like this is the Pulp Fiction briefcase question almost, right? Like, did he, did he not? I, I, I just want to say he he didn't. But, but then he might have because he's a war vet. Yeah. And he looked um, pissed as fuck. <laughs> he looked like, say, fuck yeah, it, I can't take this shit anymore. I know, I know. <laughs> I think he didn't. I would say because he's... He's sort of, he's got like a, you know, macho persona, but he's kind of sensitive in a way as well, because later on when they have to, when Rick and him break up, quote unquote, he looks visually like he's so sad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, okay, what, what do you think? And I'll say the opposite. <laughs> um, so it, it sort of depends on uh, how you see the scene. Yeah. So... So, at first, I think yes, mm-hmm. but then he sits down and puts on a mask, mm. 
uh, or the snorkeling, and and then he cra- and then I was like, okay, yeah, that's going to happen. But then he cracks open a beer. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So I, I, you can interpret it in both way because yeah. is he is he holding a harpoon as well? Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> So it's very uh, not scene, isn't it? It's such an odd scene because you really not sure because she's a whiny girl, like really annoying yeah. in that scene. There, my sister told me that he was a loser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the standard. Uh, I felt I felt that was like a really ominence to uh, to the Goodfellas films, not like mm, the Goodfellas, mm, like the whiny women talking about how they're oh, trashy yeah, the, men yeah, and going true, like true, that. True. Yeah, the, the truly whiny stuff there, yeah. but. So I will say, because if it, it feels like sort of like a, a who shot first scene, like yeah. uh, the, the, so it's like either you can or you cannot. So mm. I would say that he didn't, mm. because let's hear it. <laughs> because he is living in a shithole. Mm. <laughs> so if, if 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 he were to kill her, right. Yeah, he would have made it look like an accident. Okay, and uh, and he would keep obviously because I'm, I'm I'm assuming they had a boat, right? They would live in an actual house, not a fucking uh, caravan, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I I believe that, uh, that he sort of divorced her, or she died later and not on the boat, actually, or something like that, or or yeah. uh, that she because. Is it stated that she actually drowned on the boat, or she disappeared on the boat? No, they don't say anything after. Yeah, so I'm 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 really not sure, but I feel like if if he lives in that condition, I wouldn't say that he would have done it because it's it's to me it looks like a guy who got divorced, right? Yeah, or like he ran away, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, okay. So I'm not just really sure. just for shits and giggles, I'll say he did kill her. Mm-hmm. Because, because of the war vet thing, right? Um, yeah. And he does mention later, like prisons try to get me. You know, when he's driving uh, Pussycat mm-hmm. to the uh, ranch, he says prisons try to get me f- before, but he hasn't got me yet. So there's a, I, I kind of do like that. Like he's like an outlaw sort of as mm-hmm. well. Uh, but just just for shits and giggles, yeah, I'll say he did. Yeah, I'll say he killed her. Um, but what do you cause... believe? Do you think it? I, I'd say so. Yeah. Okay. I, I believe because at first I did too. I was like, I sort I of think want, he would. I, I sort of want him to have done it because he seems so calm about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, because he his his look says everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it at yeah. that point, yeah, he's <laughs> just like, okay, this is the last straw, sort of thing. <laughs> do you, by the way, know about you know that the. Um, when I think about it now, like, you know, the acid cigarette. Hmm. So I'm not really sure. They, they, so a lot of sources, they couldn't actually verify if this, if this was a thing that happened during the 60s. Right, right. If people just took regular cigarettes and dipped it in acid. So I'm not yeah. really sure. But, okay, we can actually get to that scene later because we're, we're... Yeah, yeah, true, true. So yeah, we can get hey, to that. Hey, nice. So, yeah. Good point, good point. Mm. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, he gets to the he's he's fixing you know um, the antenna, and I thought this this is purely like my um, guess, but I thought that was a because you because did you stay till the end of the film because they play the Batman theme from the sixties? Yeah. yeah. 
I thought this was a Batman callback because he's got his utility belt and he <laughs> sticks a beer in it. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and people have said he's sort of a superhero. He's indestructible. Um, yeah, I mean, I could, I, I could vouch for that. Like, yeah. he kicks Bruce Lee's ass. He's a warrior. Yeah. He's a handyman. He can fix everything. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. this double life, I guess, in a way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, maybe that's what it is because he's got. You know, it's a close-up shot of the. Or, or, at, or, or at least he would be like Robin. Like if 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 we take Dalton and uh, and Clem Booth, like so Dalton would be Batman. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Cliff would be, uh, or either either Batman is Dalton or the reverse. Yeah, yeah. But maybe he is Robin because he's Robin does most of the work sometimes, right? But then Batman gets car- uh, credit for it. Yeah, yeah. So, so that yeah, might be yeah. the thing. Yeah. They're so, going I, for I, I would, so, so I would call Cliff the, the Robin. So mm. he did, he gets stuff done, and also Robin fought, fought against uh, Bruce Lee. Oh, true, true, true. In, in the film, yeah. so so that yeah. could be a, so that could be a thing, a, a, a little th- throwback to that, yeah. and uh, and the use of the songs and uh, references to superhero films. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that was actually on the spot me thinking. So yeah. I'm a I'm a gifted boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you pat yourself on the back on that one. There we go. I did it. Nice, nice. It sort of sounded like I'm spanking myself, but I did <laughs> yeah, it did actually. It's with your <laughs> latex belt. I'm um, gonna get. I'm gonna get my hat and my whip, and I'm gonna. Oh hell no, no! <laughs> I actually added that to the description of the Indiana Jones podcast. Yeah, I saw that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then yeah, this is. What did you think when Charles Manson's approaching the house? I was like. Uh, I thought at first because because I I hadn't read up of when it happened to yeah. Sharon Tate, so I thought this would, that that was going to be it. Mm. When, she pro- when he approached the house, yeah. I thought because I because I, I didn't remember if he did it during the day or how it happened or something mm. like that. But so I believe that was going to be it, and he was going to witness it, and he would like run either into the house or mm. call the police or something like that. But uh, yeah. I was really surprised when nothing happened. Really, so he actually never murdered anyone. It was all his followers. Yeah, he did yeah, all the yeah. work, yeah. So that's interesting. But the, not much happens with the scene. There's like this um, brief exchange of words between Jay Sebring, who's a hairdresser, who unfortunately d- uh, got murdered in real life. And he kind of... Mm-hmm. Charles Manson's looking for Dennis Wilson, who is from the Beach Boys. And I mentioned that in the last podcast. Um, but then the most interesting thing is the music that plays in the background. Uh, which is Hungry by Paul Revere and the Raiders. Um, yeah. So it's kind of basically what Charles Manson wanted. It, you know, it's like, hungry for that good life, baby. And that's what he wants. He's, you know, it's really creepy in that way. If you study the lyrics, it's he was after the, you know, celebrity lifestyle and like wealth and the status because he wanted yeah. to be a musician. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, he- yeah, actually, I think they. I believe they used the song he made in the film. Yeah, they, that was yeah. They, where they used, yeah, the, they used in the, in the, when they promised approached the ranch, right? They used this the chanting or something. They were, they were chan- chanting a, a Manson song, I think. Um, that's true, but that was in the beginning when Cliff Booth is dropping Rick Dalton off. But you're right, though. Yeah, like okay, as yeah. they're driving home, and then he kind of sees Pussycat for the first time, who's carrying like a bottle of pickles. <laughs> Which is weird. 
But uh, but you're right. Yeah, this Charles Manson song. I think it's like um, I forgot the name of it, but I'll never say never to always. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's really creepy too. Yeah. So it's sort of weird. So um, with uh, the, the entire Manson thing, because it, it's very it's like Manson could be an entire episode on its on its own. Because yeah, the, yeah, the entire thing they did, but. Um, because it's such a special case, uh, how did it, like, leading a cult, like, there's a lot of stuff mm. to talk about cult stuff, but, um, you gotta really manipulate people if you're gonna convince them into killing a lot of people, right? Yeah. Like, like, um, because I haven't, I haven't really set myself into it, but I'm, but I'm not, I'm not really sure how he would have done it. Mm-hmm. Like Same, how, I haven't how, looked into how, that too much. Yeah. How how do you get into people so mad? Like they treat him like a fa- they were like a family or something. I I I, I can't really understand it. So yeah, I think he used a lot of like drugs and like obviously he picked up girls and he was obviously I think I heard that he was really charming and like charismatic. Um, and that's how he was able to attract all these girls. And obviously I think he kind of fueled them with like drugs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's. And they, I guess the girls have probably been dependent on those drugs and therefore dependent on him, in a way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that might be it. But, but you're right, I haven't looked too much into it, to be honest. Mm, wow, okay. Mm. No. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, keep going, uh, we'll get to the next scene. Mm. Yep, yep. Um, the next scene we see... Um, <laughs> obviously, that we talked about the flashback to Bruce Lee. Is there anything mm-hmm. we want to add on that? No, because I th- I think I said I I believe that I would believe uh, in a way that uh, Cliff would be Robin and so because he calls him Kato as well, right? Mm. So I was thinking, oh, okay, so yeah, it's a little reminiscent to the fight, right? <laughs> yeah. And just to back up your theory mm-hmm. um, about like him not being all that, because um, he Cliff calls him a dancer at one point, mm-hmm. and which is true, he was a dancer. At a certain point, um, he was a Cha Cha champion, uh, the Cha Cha champion of Hong Kong in 1958. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. <laughs> so who knows? It's a mystery, I guess. Yeah, it's a mystery. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. I believe that, and um, I think actually that's, I think that's actually one of my favorite scenes. So I, I laugh same, so same. much, like Bruce Lee going ha ha, and then oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cracks <laughs> his little leg when he kicks it. Yeah. Yeah, and like the little because he's so. Aggressive in the beginning, like wow, mm. and then he goes, Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like a little scared. <laughs> mm, true, oh. whereas Cliff is all like silent, he's like, yeah. his moves are calculated, yeah, yeah, and and it also, like, and uh, to back up my theory once more, I think it's because they end on a um, on a t- draw almost in mm, a way, true, true, because so, he gets fired off the scene, so, and that's also reminisce to, to, to Kato and uh, Bruce Lee refusing to lose mm. to, to the boy wonder <laughs> mm, wow, okay, but a positive of that scene I felt like was the monologue that Bruce Lee gave, I think the, the moment he comes on um, onto the uh, I guess camera Mm-hmm. There, there isn't a single cut until he gets chucked into the car. I believe, yeah. so that, that's cool on on Mike Moe's part, the the guy who plays him. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Like he was able to give an entire monologue for like three minutes. Yeah. So that was pretty sick. Um. But yeah. But okay. The next scene, 
we see Sharon going into a local movie theater. And apparently that's what Tarantino used to do too. When I think he did it, he might have done it once or twice, but <laughs> he did it when um, True Romance came out because he wrote that film. And he would go, he went on a date with his with this girl. And they went to the cinema and he actually said, hey, can I have a free ticket? Because I made this film. Very <laughs> much I wrote this film. <laughs> so um, so that was kind of sick. Um, I, I want to hear your opinion. Because Tarantino says that uh, Sharon Tate's got like this angelic feel to, in this film. Did you get that with her? Hmm, what do you mean? That's what he says. Like, um, there's no, There's no direct quote. I guess there is a quote, but it kind of just mentions that, yeah, for Tarantino, Sharon Tate has an <clears throat> angelic presence throughout the movie. Um, so that's what he's known to say. And he said that um, when you see her, you kind of feel it that she's in our hearts. But that, I don't know. But that, I don't know what that means, but I kind of have an idea what he's talking about. But I just wanted to hear your opinion. I... I'm not really too sure. Maybe maybe if I saw it once more, I, I might have uh, got mm. a bit better thought about it, maybe. Yeah. And uh, But I, I guess I could see it. Yeah. Uh, and I could sort of know what he, mean, what he mean, mean, means by that, but I'm not entirely sure. Maybe I need to like look out for it a bit more if I'm going to watch it uh, one more time. But uh, I think if sure I had there. to guess, what he means is she, she has... She... Her progression throughout the film, she's constantly going forward mm-hmm. there's no drama or anything she's just she's in but, her own world if you yeah. know what i mean no yes yeah, like, she, 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 she's sort of like cinderella in a way no not not, Cin- not cinderella but like one of the princesses right because this once yeah, upon, yeah once upon a time like, like this kingdom right she's mm. having a good time and every, everything is going perfect the, the, mm. the next happiness leads to the next she's happy at cinema people are yeah, laughing yeah. at her in the film she's doing yeah. good uh, she's a she's partying in a Playboy Mansion. He, he, he she has two people that really care for her, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think and then uh, I think that she's in our hearts is because everyone in the, in 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 the theater is, is expecting her to die soon. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what he meant by that. Like, because true, true. if you know a little about a bit about history, you'll we know that she dies. Mm. So it's sort of like in our heart. It's like when you see. A film about uh, like uh, JFK or uh, mm. or uh, Schindler's List or something, you know what's going to happen with yeah. the people. So you're like, oh, you feel sympathy and they're in your heart, yeah. right? So uh, yeah. maybe that, but I'm not too, I'm not entirely sure. So hey, call, I think you're right. I think you're mm. right. Because mm. yeah. that's what Tarantino's about. He's about what the fans think. He's never really said like, um, as far as I know, anyways, like. You know, this is how it should be. Even with Pop Fiction, he was like, I want you guys to come up with ideas for what's in the briefcase. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He uh, said, he said that, f- I think he said, yeah, because he, he, people always just ask him, but he's only heard like four people tell him. Ask, yeah, tell I, him I actually saw that box. interview yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is insane. Because I, I guess it's six now. Because me and you, we always like, <laughs> we would come, I used to come up with loads of theories about that too. I, think, I was like, uh, hey, what if it's cocaine? What if it's this and blah blah yeah. blah? I yeah. think I think his favorite so far. Um, I, I he mentioned it was it's Elvis's uh, <laughs> yeah. golden suit or golden pants or something, <laughs> which makes that film way funnier because yeah. like um, obviously their boss is after it, and he was just like some this super intimidating guy, and he's after some golden suit. <laughs> it's just really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the Ark of the Covenant. 
Yeah, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? You never, you never um, really know. But yeah, yeah. You, you. I guess in a way, you, you need, you need to think like, why would the mafia boss want it, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm not really sure. Maybe it's just some, some. some he does well. He does <laughs> say it's his boss's dirty laundry. Yeah, exactly. It's his dirty yeah. laundry. Yeah. What if it's just like laundry? I'm just like. Could be. Could be something like, embarrassing. Yeah, like I thought that too. I thought maybe it's um, I forgot yeah. his name, but uh, something embarrassing of his. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it's just like a pair of yellow trousers, <laughs> Reg- regular yellow trousers. Adidas, like, a bit dirty <laughs> tracksuit. Um, yeah, and then okay, the next scene. Um, cause I, you're you're a huge like Western fan as well, right? Yeah, we see. You know, Rick preparing for his role, and again, he's he's being told by the director, like, look, we don't want to see uh, Jake Cahill, we want to see the bad guy, mm-hmm. and Rick's kind of disheartened by that, he wants to, because he's usually known for being the leading man, and mm-hmm. showing his face, and letting the audience know that it's him, mm-hmm. and um, then we get to the scene where uh, he sits next to Trudy, I believe. <laughs> yeah, Trudy. Yeah. Which is a really cool scene. Do you want to break that down? Yeah, um, we can do that. So, so yeah, yeah. The, the initial encounter. So, uh, I love the the scenes with Trudy. She was she was a really good actor to be yeah. to be her age. I, I don't know how old she is, but yeah. quite young. And, She's like twenty. Uh, <laughs> twenty, like the orphanage. She, and, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, so she's yeah. Wow, she is. She's she was born. She's ten. (laughs) Oh wow! Damn. Wow, that's really good. That's some talent. (laughs) Like, I I'm always just like, I'm always just like uh, amazed about how they get these jobs in Mm. a sense. I think the parents are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The parents are. Yeah, the par- parents have people connections, or maybe she may she maybe just um, uh, uh, have a good agents or something yeah, like could that. Be, could be. But because you see it like already, she said like first thing she did was in 2015. She was uh, at a TV show called Best Friends Whenever or something, and oh wow, okay, and then and then went into Criminal Minds in 2014 and. So, so no. The scene is is is, is really good because um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, he approaches her, and she's already looking very uh, in control of the scene again. Yeah. So uh, sort of like uh, uh, pussycatted uh, with like the feet up in the air and sitting there and <laughs> and yeah. uh, in, in sort of in control. And he nervously approaches if he can sit there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he I think he sort of gets distracted by the fact that she's doing a better job than him already because she's just she's she's at work working well he yeah. wants to just sit down and read his book yeah yeah uh so and they start talking about this um about this book uh, i can't remember what the name of the, his book was but same I don't, I don't think he says it because i tried picking it up this time yeah but i know the character's name it's like it's easy breezy yeah easy breezy yeah yeah, yeah. but but Obviously, he's talking about his own life when he starts talking about it. Like he's connected to it's a funny scene as yeah. hell because he starts to uh, <laughs> cry, crying when he talks about it. it's halfway through and he's yeah. 
he's not as good as he once was and uh, mm. he doesn't have anything better in up and coming and so yeah. so it's okay i think easy you know i haven't even read it and i'm practically crying <laughs> in 15 years you'll be living it <laughs> she's okay. like what <laughs> nothing <Yeah>. kid <laughs> i'm just teasing nothing you. pumpkin puss i'm just teasing you <laughs> pumpkin puss <laughs> yeah. that's the best <laughs> there is a scene shortly after that, I mean, it's not a huge scene. I just wanted to mention it. The scene where um, his, the protagonist of the Western, comes up and talks to Leon DiCaprio, Rick Dalton, and he mentions something. I guess this is like the first instance of like actual CGI used in a film where Rick Dalton imagines himself in The Great Escape instead of Steve McQueen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you think of that I, scene? I love that. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit weird at first because I didn't. I've never, I've never, you know, seen the Great, Great Escape, mm. so I didn't know what was going on. But he clearly looked way different than the than the actors yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> opposite him. It's just a different yeah. look, I guess. No, yeah, the, the digitally. So maybe a mixture of digitally putting him in and also, and also, yeah. I think it was meant to be like that he was a worse actor, so he would like stick out, so so mm. he wouldn't make the cut. So yeah. True. Mm. And then, obviously, the scene in the bar where we see Rick. He's doing a great job acting mm-hmm. um, alongside his, uh, you know, co-star. But then he messes a lineup. <laughs> That's really <laughs> funny. Um, kind of really shows his struggle. Cause, but he, he's killing it at first. But he's kind of a bit too hard on himself yeah, as yeah. well. I feel he, like he's way too. He, he says he's, he'll kill himself. He doesn't if he doesn't get it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh... But yes. He blames his alcoholism as well, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. And then shortly after, he kind of, you know, he's composed himself. He walks out and he absolutely kills mm. it with this scene with the late Luke Perry. He's the guy who's um, on, he's, he's got a walking stick. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could remember the line, but it's pretty awesome. I just remember the bit where he says, uh, Luke Perry says, it's a federal crime kidnapping a little girl, mm-hmm. and then he goes, "I'm sure shooting a brain, shooting a brains out, but then they can only hang me once." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that so was cool. amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love it. There was there was a lot of like those one liners in the film. Uh, it, it yeah, there so, is. Yeah, so there's so good. many. <laughs> I try. That's another one. Uh, yeah, and that was such a cool. I mean, I feel like that's such a cool highlight reel for Leonardo DiCaprio. If he ever needs to make one, not that he needs to, mm-hmm. like a show reel of like his work, I'll definitely yeah, add that. Would, of course, I, yeah. he sort of really reminded me of um, his his character in uh, The Revenant. Jer- oh, really? Jer- yeah, yeah, the look, the look right? and, yeah. and the screaming yeah. and, uh, and the frustration, I guess maybe. So yeah. Mm. He's like maniacal laughter mm. too, where he laughs. And <laughs> I feel like Quentin Tarantino is one of the few act, uh, few directors who can put a famous actor in a film and make him another character. Yeah, so, that's so, right. So we talked about like recruiting and hiring people early on uh, mm. for casting, mm. and so w- one thing that really that that I sort of don't like with famous. Uh, actors in in films is that if I see Brad Pitt come up on the stage, right on on the screen, yeah, I don't think of 
I wouldn't normally think of Cliff, right? I would think, oh, it's Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. So, and also in uh, in also in other other films as well. Like if you see Tom Hanks, it's, oh, that's Tom Hanks. It's not, it's not Mark Dubidanga. I don't know. Like, so it's uh, yeah. it's a way that because you will you will think of it as an actor because it sort of breaks the illusion but if you have an unknown face like they do with the original Star Wars films and also the other films when you see mm-hmm, Ray, mm-hmm. right you see Ray, you don't see yeah. uh, Daisy Ridley you see Ray, right but like yeah, when yeah. Uh, but when uh, Harrison Ford comes out you think oh that's Harrison Ford not Han Solo often or at least with like mm. uh, uh, DiCaprio right yeah you, are you sort of getting my feel or am I because I used to do that, but I don't do that anymore now. It's weird. I don't know why why it stopped, mm-hmm. but no, yeah. I was in the same boat. I'd be like, oh, wait, that's just Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, that's yeah. just no, you know, no. Jack from Titanic. Yeah, no, no, or... it's, it's important to try to do it and to ignore who, who, who they are, but it's hard when you are such a hotshot. Like, like, take like Daniel Radcliffe. So he, yeah. he struggled after Harry Potter to get a, to get a role. Because everyone would mm. just see him as Harry Potter, it was hard. It was hard yeah. getting him in, in into another role because people were like no, 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 it doesn't match. Same with same with Mark mm. Hamill as well because he was the only one that really no. Because Harrison Ford was the only one who really got a career after Star Wars films besides voice acting. Because Mark Hamill went off the screens for many years. Yeah, because didn't Han, didn't Harrison Ford do Indiana Jones? Yes, yeah, yeah Indiana Jones at yeah. the same time, but he also did some other films and. Uh, and uh, went on to do a lot of stuff, but uh, Mark mm. Hamill and uh, and uh, uh, Carrie Fisher they pretty much disappeared from the screen after that because yeah. people just saw them as no, oh, it's Luke. <laughs> so you can't you because you, yeah. you, you you couldn't put him in another film, and people struggle with that to the, to this day. Like if you take uh, yeah. if you take uh, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe is a good example. If you take him, you will think, oh, that's Harry Potter or. Daniel Radcliffe, you won't you mm. will not think of him as Eric uh, Schunkendashen if he's playing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classic Eric Schunkendashen. Classic. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I- I'm kind of in the same boat. But my take is, I kind of have even more expectations from these actors when I see them. So it's more. Yeah. I kind of have a like. I kind of have a what do you call it? I let them. I don't let them get away that easy. Mm-hmm. I guess because in my head, I'm, I'm like, well, these are meant to be the best of the best. They better act amazing. So I'm more critical, I guess, of the yeah, film, yeah. like that. So I'm like, okay, if Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are in this film, they better be amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they, 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 they definitely are. They definitely, they definitely kill it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um... But like, it's interesting because my sister said that too. She was like, all I could see was Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. I was like, really? Oh. I just, I just got lost in the characters, I guess. <laughs> so after the initial encounter with the Pussycat and mm-hmm. uh, Cliff, they mm-hmm. take off to the to the to the ranch. I can't remember the name of the ranch. Uh, Spawn the, Ranch. Spawn Ranch. Yes. Uh, which used to be on a Western film location. Yeah. But now it's the uh, occupant by the Manson family and and mm. and, uh, and and the followers. Yeah. So this scene is so intense. It's like. It's like a traditional cowboy saloon film. Yeah, right? yeah, you're like, right. I like, didn't think of that. Shit. Yeah, like walking yeah. through the town, the entire town comes out to watch the. Oh my the, god, the you're shooter. so right. 
<laughs> and uh, walks up to uh, up to the house where the either the sheriff is waiting or something like that. Mm, yeah. Mm. That, that was the feel I got from the scene. Like that's, that's yeah, the you're you're like right though. Feel. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> obviously, yeah, it's like the settings almost. It is a cowboy set as well. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Western <laughs> set. True, true. <laughs> that totally yeah. went over my head. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, um, so this happens, and the tension starts really building because mm. uh, Cliff has all reason to be suspicious with because yeah. they state that George still lives here. Mm. I love that dialogue with him. Does he live right there? Can <laughs> Does I see he him? Live right there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Like I, I don't know what it is about his delivery, but I love it. Like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Does he happen to live over there? Can I see him? <laughs> yeah, and uh, and of course they refuse him. I, I'm I'm not I'm really sure why they refuse him. Yeah, as this the entire situation would have been a lot easier if they just like let him in, see him, and mm. then he would have left goodbye. Hmm. But yeah, so I'm not sure, really sure about that. But yeah. we yeah, take care we'll, of George. We yeah, love so George. I, I, so creepy. I, I, I thought he was dead for sure. Like same, same. Yeah, he 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 he's a goner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you don't see him in the in the, in the um, house. Because um, one of the girls is take how you know, one of the girls is is a lookout and relaying all this information to the. Uh, I think hen. Like I think that's what <laughs> Cliff calls her. Like the mama hen or something like that um yeah yeah but then he slowly approaches the house <laughs> now he doesn't slowly and approach what am i talking about he's like confident no. as hell he just yeah, goes he's right just like, in he's like on his way to town yeah <laughs> yeah just, what the best like the most uh, calm swagger of all <laughs> yes yes and yeah so he, he approaches the house and is met by this ginger um redhead uh yeah. i can't remember his name uh, yeah, it's a something name, and she's of course being really saying the same thing. You, you can't see him. He's he's taking a nap. Yeah, and be careful when you go in there because he's blind. Blah blah blah. Because <laughs> I and then, left his brains out. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh jeez. And there's a cool imagery there too with the rat being trapped in the mouse trap. So it's kind of maybe saying that Cliff is trapped like a mouse at this moment because he's surrounded mm. in the back, right? And yeah. obviously, there's, we don't know that there's a way out from within the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, so so it's it's a really suspense scene, and and the mm. dialogue between George when he finally approaches the room and he knows that he's blind because yeah. he was just lying there initially, and I thought, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does wiggle his fingers a little bit when he like when Cliff kind of like tries to wake him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and this really awkward conversation takes place. <laughs> yeah. Because Cliff knows him, but George doesn't, mm. or either doesn't want to know it, or Rick something. Cole. Yeah, so it's like there, there, there. There basically is no conversation. It's just who. It's, it's like just, talking to it, an senior, any senior person, pretty much. Yeah. It's who like, are you talking yeah. about? Where? How? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's like, oh, I'm just trying to help you, George. I don't want any of these girls to, you know, take advantage of you. And he's like, "Can you see? I'm freaking blind <laughs> and stuff like that." Uh, is that yeah, that, 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 that that's one of those one-liners, and it's so good. I don't, I don't know which. I I love the one-liners. They're actually good. Mm. And uh, but yeah, I feel like that didn't that, that entire scene inside is so is so awkward to me for some reason. Yeah, I, I know what you Cause, mean. Because I because I, I I suspected something completely different, and it's just different yeah. from what I had in mind. Because I was seeing 
much more violence or someone mm. finding dead, he's rushing away or something. No. Yeah. I should imagine all of them to grab him and like rip his limbs off or something like that for some reason. That's what I was thinking. But then after this scene ended, I was like, that can't be it. This, that's, there's got to be something else that's got to happen. Like some hours of blue, you know, from the back of the frame or something like that. Like someone's going to shoot him or try to like overpower him or something. But that doesn't happen. He just strolls <laughs> right out again. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, and and when he returns, the the, the people, the entire like village or community has gathered and they're looking at him. Boo. Then yeah, booing him off. <laughs> and when he returns to the car, oh, the, this is good. Flat tire and oh my god. Did you do that? <laughs> Fuck giggling. you, man. And then, <laughs> yeah, uh, this isn't my then, car. If my boss <laughs> find out what happened to his car, he wouldn't be happy about it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then fix it. It's like, hey, fuck you. And then, boom, down. <laughs> yeah. Best slow-mo uh, fall ever. And, uh, I love mm. it. <laughs> I love how the, he grabs his hair. <laughs> just, mm -hmm. oh. And then basically demolishes him. <laughs> yeah. Ladies. And, uh, and it's so creepy. The, the the girls staring at him like mm. uh, at the, at the victim here in the scene that uh, we love you and stuff yeah, like that yeah yeah I was like so something's gonna happen now yeah yeah uh, I felt like he was gonna rush or do something crazy or something but it's yeah. so it's so weird because yeah. because this this again is something maybe that I would have understood but if I if I had researched the Manson Manson family even better because mm -hmm. I think they're all it's, it's quite sexual community I I think I believe yeah yeah that's so, true so so I think it's like lovers and people being very intimate in, intimate with everyone yeah because in the background you see people holding hands one of them's pregnant and obviously not a great condition to be pregnant in because they're like going through trash for you know pickles and scraps of food yeah mm -hmm. yeah but um yeah, yeah one of the girls says uh get on your horse go get tex and bring him here and here comes tex and <laughs> <laughs> his horse but by the time he arrives cliff's already already driving off and the tension is taken off of our shoulders and we can finally breathe again because we really, i don't think anyone wants cliff to die to be honest no 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 because um, i think i think pussycat likes cliff in a way yeah 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 so maybe i'm not sure if in love but like he's interesting or different compared to the other guys there i mean because mm. yeah. mm. he's, he's a he's a different guy he's sort of like this more uh, daddy feel, you know, <laughs> like older. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And, um, but I feel like he never had any interest in her because I think in the beginning he did, but then once he starts talking to her before he picks her up, she mentions mentions uh, Spawn Ranch, and his expression changes a little bit, and then he starts asking like, "What are you doing over there?" And you know, so you're telling yeah, yeah. me you and a bunch of other girls like you live in Spawn Ranch. Mm -hmm. and as he's driving off once he's picked her up he kind of like smiles a little bit because he's like wait this can't be right so yeah he's yeah. not just like he his you know his dick doesn't dictate his like no. <laughs> goals he knows, he's, he's not only fishy he probably knows yeah george yeah. lives there he's in you know, george is a piece of shit so he wouldn't let them live there. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's what he's thinking i bet yeah that old yeah. bastard yeah mm, yeah and then it comes to six months later and we hear kurt russell's narration again 
or, or Randy. And um, he mentions what Rick and Cliff have been up to. He's He actually went ahead and did the Italian films that Marvin Schwartz mentioned. Mm-hmm. Actually, before that, they watched their, the uh, FBI airing, right? Oh. And that's how Marvin Schwartz tells Sergio... I forgot his last name, but he tells his um, Italian... This, is, this Italian director, like, your new Nebraska gym is on air, so you need to check him out. Yeah. So, yeah, then they're returning back home. Cliff, uh, Rick's rocking this new haircut, and a new wife is alongside mm-hmm. him. And we get, you know, the sad news that Cliff and Rick won't be working together anymore. I don't know if it's a genuine excuse he came up with. It seemed pretty genuine for me. <laughs> where he tells him, like, look, I've got a new missus, and I might have to go back to Missouri or, you know, just bank on the yeah, money yeah. that he already has or something like yeah. that. I feel so bad for Cliff at that point. I'm like, oh man, he's, he he's always been there yeah. for him, and this is how you're gonna let him go. Yeah, Come on! Like, oh my god, he's done everything. He went back to your house and fixed your goddamn antenna. <laughs> I know. And he freaking, but there's a cool Easter egg here, I guess, with operate with him with uh, Rick starting in Operation Dynamite. It's directed by uh, Antonio Margheriti. Mm. <laughs> Who's the guy from Inglorious Bastards? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Margaret. Apparently, he's a real director Margaret. too. Margaret, if I remember. <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> yeah. Gor um, <laughs> Yeah. True, true. Okay, and then we get to uh, we kind of get an idea that it's wrapping up, obviously because of the voiceover, um, and the how quickly things are moving to. Obviously, we see Sharon's pregnant, and the same time Rick and Cliff are having a final drunk, as um, Randy mentions. Uh, Sharon and her friends are having a dinner somewhere in a different restaurant, too. Um, And then, yeah, it's like really late at night. They get home. Cliff pulls out a cigarette that's dipped in acid that he stashed in Rick's place. (laughs) He goes out for a walk. So uh, the acid cigarette has been... uh Reveal it's like this. It's like same thing with the gun, right? It's been shown. Mm. It needs something needs to happen to it. Yeah, yeah. Is, is it to, is it tonight? It's gonna be lit. So yeah. So uh, Cliff Booth decides to d- tonight's the night. He's gonna smoke this uh, cigarette after him and Dalton had mm. their last uh, party mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, or last get together as a team or something. I can't uh, put a finger on it, but yeah. yeah. So more than where, a brother, less than a wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens is that uh, uh, Cliff is about to walk uh, Brandy the dog. Yeah. Uh, uh, and at the same time smoke this acid cigarette. Mm-hmm. And uh, by so and uh, at this time when when uh, he walks down the street, the Manson is uh, infamously approaching the street yep. and uh, where Shan uh, Tate. Uh, used to live mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so at this point I was ex- of course expecting okay so now it's gonna happen yeah. now it's no, now it's the time that the the murders will commence and because um, especially history. Cliff's walked away he's all you know badass yeah. hero and mm. Rick's meanwhile drunk <laughs> so, exactly. so, yep, so so yeah not looking exactly. good so, so expecting yeah this, this is it <laughs> yep. but so uh, what happens is that 
they approach the house and they're starting to have this uh, conversation the, the manson family like uh, remember what uh, charles told us it's mm-hmm. like, gotta look witchery like creepy mm-hmm. and uh, they start approaching the house and but then they go into i i, ca- I cannot remember why they entered uh, dalton's house okay Okay, I can quickly uh, think. Yeah, just yeah. Fill, fill me in. Because they initially, the I think the plan is they want to, you know, um, go into Sharon Tate's house, right? Yeah. But as he's parked in front of her house, um, uh, Rick notices that they're over there, and then he walks out with his uh, uh, freaking margaritas <laughs> in his hand, mm-hmm. and he yell, yells at them, calls them dirty hippies. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. That's at that point I was like, okay, Rick's gonna die. Why are you doing this, you idiot? Um, <laughs> but then he kind of, you know, he stands his ground pretty much. He doesn't act violent towards. Them, he just shouts at them. Yeah. And that causes Tex, who's driving the car, to reverse it all the way back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where they have that conversation about, oh my God, was that Rick Dalton? You know who? Yeah, 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 <laughs> and all that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the guy who's um, bad in law. He's a bad in law. Yeah, and then. <laughs> And then they kind of have that switch in, in plans, I guess, where they initially wanted to kill Sharon Tate, and now they want to go into Rick Dalton's house because one of the um, Manson family members mentions that they grew up watching violence. And I, f- I, f- I feel like, I believe that's an actual quote from one of the girls, but I don't know if it was specifically her who said it. But they blamed film for all of this, you know, how... They grew up watching violent stuff, and she mentions that she's been on some uh, acid trips, and which caused her to have this realization. Um, so yeah, they she makes like a pig noise, <laughs> sort of, and then <laughs> yeah, they yeah. start, you know, marching towards the house with knives. Uh, oh my god! Um, yeah. But one of them chickens out though, which is the girl yeah. is played by Uma Thurman's uh, mm-hmm. daughter. And apparently she's in Stranger Things too, and then she kind of just oh. goes, "All right, see ya," and she drives off. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't want to do it. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So they uh, go back into the house. They burst in mm-hmm. to find. Uh, so at this point, uh, Cliff has returned, right? Yes, he's coming. So he's, he's slowly returned. coming back. Yeah, he's, he's coming in and he's he's starting to feel the effect of the drug, the acid <laughs> yeah. cigarette he's the taking, finger. and. Yeah, and this is hilarious. I, yeah. I kid you not. Again, this, the cinema I was in started laughing in their ass. Oh, man. <laughs> I wish I was there. Yeah, no, it, it was amazing. And and uh, just like how he reacted to to the lighting, he turned it off and it's like, oh my God, that <laughs> bad, bad, bad move. Mad, bad move. <laughs> yeah, the, the and, train uh, has left the station or something, is it? Mm-hmm. Something like that. And uh, so, yeah, so at this point, uh, all, uh, all the members of the... Um, family enters the, the house mm-hmm. and puts a gun to Cliff's face. Yes. And this hilarious uh, <laughs> conversation between the two. Because uh, we, we got to put it as my Cliff is super high. Yes, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> he doesn't really know, understand anything. We're like, yeah. are you real? I'm as real as a donut, mother. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like... His face is like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he and, start, uh, the text starts giggling too. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Uh, that's a good scene. And then, of course, uh, they've entered the house, uh, and shit is about to go down. Mm. <laughs> the music's playing in the background, which is perfect. And then uh, he tries to fire a shot first, right? Yeah. 
and then he punches it out and calls for uh, the dog to go <laughs> and attack the other. And I kid you not, people laughed so much yeah. in, in the cinema when this happened. It was just like amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I was watching this with my fam- uh, with my cousins and my brother. And, uh, oh, we, wow. We laughed. What were their reactions? They l- we, we laughed so hard. And my brother, <laughs> he told me later after the film, he was so... He said it was... Uh, <laughs> in, in, in his words, he said it was... Uh, uh, so satisfying or delicious to see <laughs> to see uh, the girl being flamethrowered in the pool. <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, Rick's in the pool still, right? He's yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's listening in, to he's music and he's, he's having he, a great time. And suddenly, something someone flies out of the of the freaking window, and he's like, <laughs> "What, what the, the hell is?" But we got to mention um, the after like, like, what's your thoughts on like the violence? Because people have said, you know, oh, Quentin Tarantino's being sexist or whatever he's bashing women's heads in i don't see anything like that he's no he bashes everyone's head in <laughs> yeah he's, he's not like okay clear i mean tex you can go you're a dude i'm not gonna you know he you know he bashes he, i think doesn't he like malcolm x his head in like his uh, history x sorry the film where yeah, he yeah. like curb stomps his head he kind of does that yeah um uh, yeah so i i i believe no, because like if he didn't do anything to the girls, then it would have been sexist. Yeah, yeah. I think you got to do it to everyone. Like everyone gets, in a way, molested, I guess, but, <laughs> but destroyed, uh, destroyed, yeah, annihilated. So, yeah. So I believe that. So I don't. Mm. I don't think there's any anything uh, sexist or anything with uh, this, because everyone in every film gets mm. demolished in a in a certain way, tortured or something like that. Hmm. I mean, there's a scene where Cliff gets stabbed by the red-headed girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the guy, the girl who's got her nose caved in by the dog food can, she yeah, fires yeah. off a random shot. And then it cuts to Cliff falling over. Did you think mm-hmm. he got shot? Because that's what I thought at first. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought he got randomly shot. I was like, no, Cliff. Mm-hmm. That's so clever in that way, too. They just used, <laughs> used like, you know cuts to influence like meaning i guess mm-hmm. yeah no yeah no it's it's, it's, it's brilliant really because mm-hmm. you will make you'll make the audience expect something but the, no no it's it's fine <laughs> yeah because in that in that in that speed in that scene in that environment people will when you hear a gunshot suddenly going off and then, oh yeah he's dead now yeah mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. but yeah and we point back to the flamethrowing being used that uh, that you had <laughs> mentioned earlier that it, it if, the, if it's shown it's got to be used at some point yeah. So uh, so satisfying. Dalton his his training it. paid off. <laughs> Fires it up in in the freaking flamethrower in the pool. Mm. Oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so um, incredible scene. And of course, uh, scene ends by uh, <laughs> Cliff being uh, sent to the hospital. Yeah, uh, really smoothly in the hospital. He's uh, taking <laughs> yeah. really chill, <laughs> and uh, finally Dalton is start is talking to Tate, the neighbor. Yes, for the first time and finally having a conversation. Yep, yep. And then, that's and so cool when, too. Yeah, this like little just this little normal conversation. Like, oh my god, what's happened? Yeah, I killed him with a with a flamethrower. Like, oh <laughs> yeah. flamethrower? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing. This is so good. You bet story. your sweet ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he's invited into the house, and the, when when you hear the and when you see the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that, that's when I thought about the yeah, mm. Once Upon a Time, 
It made sense, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it made sense. Okay, yeah. So this is how it should have happened. Like a, a fairy tale version of the perfect way it should have happened, mm. not the other way around. That they actually succeed in killing mm. two innocent or three innocent people. Not. Um, yeah. What was your feeling yeah. as it ended, though? Did you feel happy, or was it a bit I, of sadness? I think I was so uh, exhausted by the the the, the brutal scene. I was so so happy about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that um, I was I was just so surprised because I thought I really thought that Sharon Tate was gonna die, but the same, so I didn't same. really. So I was I was sort of disappointed. I wasn't I wasn't disappointed. But I was disappointed. You way monster. That, <laughs> yeah, I was disappointed the way like it didn't happen the way I thought it was gonna happen because mm. I knew the story. Yeah, and I didn't, yeah. I, 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 I didn't believe he would go that drastically and change the course of history. Yeah. But then when I saw it once upon a time in Hollywood coming up, because because it, it said once upon a time and then it paused, and mm. then Hollywood come up right. Mm, so once dots, upon a time. Yeah. yeah. So once upon a time, in a perfect world, this happened. Yeah. True. Instead, I felt sad in the end, especially when Rick's talking to Sharon Tate on the intercom, and yeah. she's asking him how he's feeling. It's like, oh man. She's asking, like, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, jeez, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's so sad. Yeah. May may she rest in peace. Yeah. But hey, it's great news for Rick. He's going to go on to be a film star, hopefully, now that he yeah. knows. And he's really humble about it, too. He's not like, yes, Jackpot. He's like, mm, he's yeah. asking for permission because he kind of looks at Jay Sebring, doesn't he? And yeah, he yeah. gives him the thumbs up and he's like, all right, cool. Now I'm, <laughs> you know, I, now I can go in. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I love the scene, and then the music starts playing, and uh, do, 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 do. <laughs> yep, it's great. Oh, yeah, and um, incredible film. That's mm. uh, what I'm gonna say about it. That's um, yeah. We 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 did this l- last episode. Uh, what will you rank this film? Ten. Yes, <laughs> I'd say nine point five or something like that. Yeah. honestly, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll give it an I'll give it a nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid nine. Yeah. Maybe not a ten because I, because I maybe didn't like the way that it changed the course of history that much. Mm. And uh, obviously, ten is really hard to get, but nine yeah. is really good. Like, this is a film I could watch again. I think. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll need to watch it. I'm not sure. If I, I mean, I have. One more Sorry, what am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> I have seen it. Sure yeah, it's, it's like one of the. I think it's gonna be a, like a classic, like Tarantino film. So you'll yeah. watch again and again and again. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely. If if it's worth another watch, it's a good film in my book. Mm. Like I've got to ask you this though. Yeah. Did you stick around for the end credits? Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of that? <laughs> that was funny, like the commercial <laughs> yeah. for Apple cigarettes or yeah. Red Apple or something. Because <laughs> that's his uh, cigarette. That's like a signature cigarette brand in every Tarantino film. Oh wow! I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah. Oh. Uh, ever since, um, I believe Reservoir Dogs. Oh wow! And even Magnificent. Oh, sorry, Hateful Eight, like Red Apple Tobacco, and all that mm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. No, yeah. I, 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 I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, because my sister. I had to explain to my sister because my sister was like, "Why are we watching this?" I was like. Hold up. <laughs> Let me just tell you. <laughs> Calm down for a second. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna watch this now. Yeah. Wait, oh no, I didn't know that. that was, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Red Apple oh. Tobacco. In, in, in Pulp Fiction too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a poster in Kill Bill. I mean, yeah, there's a poster about in Kill Bill. There's a poster of it in this film too, apparently. And there's oh, a poster yeah. of I, Tonya too, apparently, which my sister noticed and I didn't see oh. it. 
that I I know that f- I know for a fact they used uh, Django location in the film. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. But no, I'm I'm. It was it was a great film. I'm gonna watch it again. I'm not sure if I'm gonna watch it again in the cinema, but I'll watch it again for sure. Mm. It's gonna be on my Tarantino list, and I'm quite happy with the film. Uh, yeah, very enjoyable. Uh, same, same. He didn't disappoint. Like it's a good way to go out if it's his last-ish film, sort of, because he wants to do he, one more, doesn't he? One more, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I found so. this interview quite funny where he says, "Well, if I did Star Trek, technically it's not an original film. So if I had to find a loophole, I could do one more after that." And everyone started laughing because <laughs> you know I don't so. think he needs to quit, but if he wants to, all the you know all the. All the power to him. It's up to him yeah, no. at the end of the I think, day. I think, I think he wants to after 10. Yeah. But may, perhaps he will come back later in the day to start doing again. It mm. depends. Because I think he really enjoys it. So Yeah. But of course it's stressful as well. And it's, mm. I'm not sure. And I, for some reason he keeps getting bombarded by these stupid journalists and yeah. controversial okay. topics. and so, yeah. Which is kind of yeah. good for him in a way. It's publicity. Yeah, it, it is publicity. Mm. It's like... Um, so I think he's... No, I think it's good. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it for this episode, I think. Yeah, pretty sure. I yeah, th- I think that was good. Once upon a time in Hollywood, nine out of ten. We recommend it. If you haven't we watched it, please. It. I mean, why are you listening to this if you haven't watched it? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I hope you really make enjoyed sure, it. Uh, make sure to go back and watch it. Maybe, uh, maybe you'll spot mm-hmm. some of the things we've talked about, and you'll think about it a bit more clearly now. Yep, yep. And uh, of course, uh, we will. Uh, hopefully uh, go and follow us on uh, Instagram and uh, on Facebook and see you yeah what, um, I'll have that down in the description kind of somewhere yeah, yeah. and um, make sure either to suggest what the next film should be about mm. or other topics you would like us to discuss because mm. if you guys don't even have don't have Instagram or any of those social uh, stuff you can also email us and on uh, mm-hmm. what the film podcast at gmail.com Mm-hmm. So that's another way too, if you want to get in touch. Yes. Do tell that. us how bad of a job we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, a good job and a bad job. A critic mm-hmm. is critic and uh, always fun and always uh, welcome. And we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you. We're Bye. signing off. Play us out, Ishan, with an incredible outro. I'm waiting. Um, this is Morgan Freeman, and you've listened to What the Film Podcast. Incredible. That's yeah. I'm <laughs> deleting that definitely. That's terrible. That's. I don't think I can live with that. <laughs> <laughs>